Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordo, we're going to talk to Josh Parcell coming up here momentarily. Uh, he's uh, usually our kind of college football go-to, but he also does a radio show in Charlotte. So we'll talk to him about the return of college football, but also about the buzz uh, surrounding what's going on with the Hornets because they uh, have not been included in uh, the solution or the close solution probably isn't the right word right the the uh, the the resumption there you go of the <laughs> nba season uh all right let's get out of the sprint special guest line sprint they make it safe and easy to get what you need online visit sprint.com for online services and local store availability he hosts a show on wfnz in charlotte as well as sirius xm college radio he's the founder of college football country and our good friend josh parcell josh hello how are you and yours everybody doing all right yeah all things considered we are doing okay how about you guys yeah, we're trying to stay uh, stay careful. One foot and, uh, in front of the other. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Uh, Josh, let's talk college football. We also have some NBA stuff we want to get to uh, with you as well. But how confident are you that college football is going to be 100% normal or close to it, if you're confident at all? Well, 100% normal, meaning that the stands are packed this fall, the tailgate lots are full, and everything is business as usual, I'm not confident at all. I don't think we will see that. Uh, I think at this point it's clear that whatever form of the college football season takes, it will look different than what we're used to. But I think that at this point it certainly feels like, barring a major setback, we are going to have football on schedule, which is a good thing. I know that Notre Dame and Navy have moved their game from Dublin to Annapolis, but other than that, we haven't really seen much change uh, as far as the college football schedule. So that's exciting for college football fans. Um, I think there's a ton of logistical hurdles that the athletic departments have to try to climb in the next couple of weeks and months to figure out how many fans they can bring into the stadium, if, in, if at all, right? I mean, if you have students on campus, you would assume the students can show up. Um, is the marching band there? Uh, if that if they're there, if the family of the players and the staff they're they're in attendance, how many more fans can you bring in? That number starts to to dwindle pretty quickly when you start to think about all the other uh, people I just mentioned. So I think that there'll be smaller crowds um, at least in the beginning. Um, I, I don't know what it'll look like by the end of the season. Um, I think it would be foolish of anyone to say that they knew for sure how this is going to end up. But I applaud these schools for following the guidance of, of medical experts and taking the precautionary steps in bringing players back safely. And it feels like we're going to, again, barring something changing, uh, you know, with, with the, the greater state of our country, it feels like we're going to have college football in the fall. Yeah, I wonder about that second wave of the virus that may be hitting. Yeah. But you think, uh, barring that, you think that the schedule at least – will will uh, be uh, according to plan it feels like it uh, i mean there are people a lot smarter than me who are making those decisions and i basically can just read as much as i possibly can and and hope that uh hope that those guys are right but it, it does feel that way uh i think a lot of administrators 
have been pretty clear that, that they're going to play. You know, there's a lot of political pressure, too. I mean, you guys have, have seen it up close in the Pac-12 where, you know, Gavin Newsom, the, the governor of California, changes his stance pretty quickly from being uh, one that says we may not play or have sporting events at all this year to, well, yeah, no, we're going to allow our Pac-12 schools to play. We're going to allow college athletics. So, you know, you just see – uh, maybe some political pressure playing a, a bit of a role here in, in opening up the entire country of college football. But it, it does feel like we're going to have games starting in September. Um, I mean, a lot of schools are already welcoming their kids back, um, if not now in the next week or two, uh, at the latest, July 1st. So if the kids are coming back, uh, it does seem like we'll have a season. I mean, maybe there will be players who, who end up deciding not to play, who sit out or who, who test positive and have to sit out. That could happen in any of the sports that are resuming. But uh, the games will still, it feels like, again, at this point, uh, like we're heading towards them being on as usual. Josh Parcell with us at 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And uh, there's a lot of momentum to make it happen because the money is so important. Uh, Football uh, programs are so important to these athletic budgets. Uh, Have you pondered the consequences if college football were not to be played at all for some schools? Oh, it would be dramatic, guys. Uh, I mean, that's been well documented at this point. I mean, the the money that these football programs generate for not only their athletic department, but for their university and the role that they play in enrollment and um, that they're just a vital part. They're the lifeblood of a lot of major schools, particularly power five schools. And if that money just disappears into the night, you're talking about major ramifications, which we've already seen. We've seen, Schools cutting sports, cutting non-revenue sports, varsity sports, and, and scholarship athletes uh, suddenly without a sport to play. Now, as far as I know, those the players that are playing now, will, they'll still have their scholarships honored, but they came to college to play at that school, and now it's been taken away. So football supports that. Uh, I know ESPN ran a story a couple of weeks ago that reported that it could be up to a $4 billion loss if college football isn't played this fall. I mean, there's just a ton of money in the television revenue and obviously the game day revenue from, from tickets and booths and uh, or suites, I should say, and obviously alumni donations to the school. But you, you run the risk of losing a lot of that. It, it could have long-standing catastrophic ramifications for college football, and, and it could change the very foundation of college athletics if it were to happen. You know, Josh, you brought up something there that I, I hadn't really given that much thought to, and that is the possibility that certain players – will not want to play that uh yeah. maybe maybe some students won't want to go back to campus i wonder i wonder if that will be uh, a very very tiny kind of uh, uh group of players or whether that's something that could and how if you're a head coach how do you handle that well i would hope that the, the coaches put the players health first um you know i mean I, I i don't know any specific cases now i know they exist where there are players around the country who have pre-existing conditions now look the, the numbers have, have told us that 18 to 22 year old kids are among the least susceptible people to this virus assuming that they don't have pre-existing conditions but what if a player is a diabetic? What if a player is a cancer survivor? What if a player is an asthmatic? I mean, you could go through a ton of I mean, I could go through all, all sorts of stuff. I'm not a doctor, so I don't know all the different types of underlying conditions that exist. But if a player has an underlying condition or if a player has a family member who has an underlying condition and they don't yeah. feel comfortable 
playing, that's that's within their right. And, you know, imagine for a minute, just, I mean, just hypothetically, what if Trevor Lawrence didn't want to play? I mean, does, does Davo Swinney honor that? Does Davo Swinney try to change his mind? I mean, that, that becomes a very difficult decision. Real quick, for a lot of coaches, I don't know. We haven't heard stories yet of players speaking up, uh, mentioning that as a possibility. But I have to imagine that, that, that that conversation has been had in some households where those underlying conditions exist. Uh, we just haven't heard about it publicly yet where it's become a big story. But if a, if a prominent player decided they didn't want to play and put their, their family or friends or, or themselves at risk, um, uh, the coaches, they better allow them to do that, and, and even if it comes at the expense of winning football games. Josh Parcell is with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Josh, switching gears to the NBA for a second. You're uh, based there in Charlotte. The Hornets were not included in the 22 teams to finish the NBA season. How do the fans and franchise feel about that? You know, well, Michael Jordan uh, reportedly spoke up at the Board of Governors meeting last Friday and basically said that he didn't want the Hornets to come back and play if the games were going to be meaningless, that he, he, he didn't want to put his players – at risk of getting injured, um, you know, for games that weren't going to matter. So uh, I think the general reaction has been pretty accepting of, of the decision, understanding of the decision. I think the the, the perfect uh, just way for this season and for, for the Hornets is the fact that there's 22 teams that get in and the Hornets were 23rd. I mean, that just sums up Charlotte so much. <laughs> the Hornets' entire franchise go back to 2012, they had the worst regular season in NBA history. They won seven games. Anthony Davis was the number one pick, and they lose the lottery, and they end up with Michael Kidd-Gilchrist instead. And Anthony Davis goes to the New Orleans Hornets, who took the team out of Charlotte years before. Like, it just, that just sums up Charlotte uh, Hornets basketball so perfectly that they're the last team on the outside looking in. But uh, it was a good year for the Hornets. Uh, I don't know how many people out on the West Coast paid attention, but uh, Charlotte really surprised a lot of people with how well some of their young guys played. And they've got the core of something that can be very good. Um, very similar to, I think, the way the Jazz b- built their team with, with talented young players. Obviously, they landed a transformational guy in Donovan Mitchell and Gobert. But uh, if you can build through the draft, uh, you can you can win and compete in a small market. The Hornets definitely I found a couple guys with Devontae Graham and Miles Bridges and P.J. Washington that can be building blocks moving forward. Josh, what did you think of the NBA's plan as a whole? Man, I I think that we have to not allow perfect to become the enemy of good. Mm. And I don't think that a 22-team, eight-game regular season with this convoluted play-in format is perfect. But I don't know that there was a perfect solution. I didn't think that it would, would have been smart to bring all 30 teams back. Um, you would have been putting uh, hundreds of people at further risk of spreading the virus um, for basically unnecessary games. Uh, I mean, there, there are eight teams or more that just are completely out of the playoff chase, so I don't really think that that would have made sense. I know that there was money that, to be made by playing those games and fulfilling the television contract, but um, I think over, overall – I, I think it's going to be a fun resumption to the season, and I'm glad that we're giving the players a, a, a great runway leading up to that to hopefully get back into shape um, so that we don't see you know Giannis Adenokupo go down with an injury in the first round because he's out of shape. I think that's important. I'm just excited that we're going to get basketball back. Uh, it would have been nice to have it back a little bit more quickly, but I really honestly I don't have a problem with being a little bit over, overly cautious 
um, as opposed to rushing back uh, for any of these sports. So ultimately, I really think Adam Silver and the NBA have done a pretty good job. Talking about Michael Jordan for a second, Josh. Josh Parcell is with us from 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I think we all, to a certain extent, enjoyed the uh, propaganda piece, The Last Dance. Uh, <laughs> I say that somewhat tongue-in-cheek. But, but one theme in that, of course, was Michael Jordan's win-at-all-costs attitude and how competitive uh, he is and was. Why do you think that hasn't translated into Michael Jordan being a very good owner? Because it seems like he's been satisfied with uh, a mediocrity or satisfied with losing where he was not as a player. Well, man, all right. So I'll answer that in a second. Uh, first of all, real quickly on that, that mindset, I find it very fascinating how we revere Michael Jordan's mindset, and I, and I revere it too, by the way, and we think of that as the, the, the model of leadership. Yet a guy like Tim Duncan wins five championships, wins 50 games every year for 20 seasons, and couldn't be more different than, Tim Dun- or couldn't be more different than Michael Jordan on the outside, yet is equally as competitive and driven on the inside. And it's just funny how we, we view one as great leadership and not the other necessarily. We don't think of the other as great leadership at least. But as far as ownership in the NBA, um, I think that his, his, it's, it, his unwillingness to lose has actually it has facilitated more losing in the NBA for, for, as an owner for Michael Jordan because sometimes in the NBA you have to get worse in order to get better. And what Michael has been afraid of for so long is taking the projects, taking the one and done, taking the young guys who may need a little bit more time to become great players, but ultimately over time have a higher ceiling. He's taken a lot of Frank Kaminsky's, Cody Zeller's, like those types of guys that were great accomplished players in college, but don't have the, the upside of, a Donovan Mitchell or Bradley Beal or whoever else that they've missed out on over the last few seasons. And I think now they've, Michael for the first time has realized they've got to just go young. They've got to lose a lot of games for probably a couple of years, get more draft picks, um, get good talented young players, hope that you draft well and rebuild slowly. He's tried to plug holes, I think in the past and it just hasn't really worked. And it led to Kimball Walker walking out the door a couple of years ago, uh, well, last summer, um, because they, the Hornets just had no way to, to compete around Kemba. So I think he's learned his lesson from that, and it's changed, I think, really the overall philosophy and direction of the Hornets. Josh, uh, of late, over the past couple of weeks, uh, racism and its ugliness has been a big topic that has uh, crossed uh, into sports and all over the uh, country and maybe all over the world. How is uh, how has what's been going on been received and reacted to in North Carolina? Well, I mean, I'm, I live about a mile and a half from where we've had seven straight night of uh, protests at this point, um, and I it, it's definitely been a as you said a very sensitive issue here in Charlotte. I mean, we had uh, protests several years ago when there was a, a police killing right here in in town. Um, So we've dealt with this over the last few years, as have many communities, unfortunately, all over the country. Um, So it's it's a difficult subject, and it's one that, honestly, I wish we we didn't have to have right now. But I think the most important thing that we can do now, because, I mean, I've had to do a show, you guys have had to do a show, and um, I, I feel as a white guy, I've had to say this this week, I'm a talker, but this week I need to be a listener. And my role as someone who has not experienced a lot of what the African-American community has experienced, 
my role is to listen to them and try to find common ground and try to find a way where I can understand their life experiences. And if I can do that, maybe I can help facilitate change. Um, but me telling you my opinion, my thoughts on what's happening in the world is not going to be authentic to the pe- or for, for the people who are actually experiencing these, uh, these plights right now. So I think it's important to listen and have uncomfortable conversations, as difficult as that might be, and also be willing to understand that everybody isn't perfect. We all don't agree. But hopefully over time, we can find common ground. We don't have to agree, but we can at least respect one another's opinions and, and hope to find uh, that, that common ground that can help us move forward. That includes people like Drew Brees. That includes people um, all over the, the map, sports or otherwise, who definitely have shown us that we have room to grow as people. Hopefully we can do that. Well, Josh, we certainly appreciate those words and, of course, the insight into college football and the NBA. Thanks for jumping on with us today as usual. You bet. Always great to talk with you guys. Take care. Yeah, you too, Josh. Thanks, Josh. Josh Parcell uh, from WFNZ there in Charlotte and SiriusXM College Football Radio, the college football country. Josh has uh, a lot of outlets. And Gordon, can I get selfish here for a second just because we were talking about North Carolina? Of, sure. Of course, you know, uh, we get the news today. The NBA is starting up uh, July 31st. I, I, I host the pre-half and post game for the Utah Jazz broadcasts. And, of course, we have a, 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 a North Carolina vacation scheduled for the second week in August. It's not looking so good. Yeah. How are yeah, we supposed to plan that? Yeah. Again, I wish I had that uh, crystal ball uh, predicting the pandemic thing you were talking about the other day. When do you think you'll feel comfortable flying again, Jake? Uh, I don't know. People are doing it now. I've I've followed that story a little bit, uh, uh, what the airlines are, are doing uh, to make people feel a little bit more comfortable. Um, I'm not sure. I think that uh, that varies from person to person. Yeah. Well, I, I wonder. We talked the other day, the good news, that it looked like the vaccines were con- were continuing on with uh, making progress through various, through various uh, you know, um, what do you call them, phases of testing. And uh, they're, they're, they're making headway there, it seems like. And I, I will welcome the day that that is available to every American and everyone around the world, really. That will be a good day, in my opinion. Locke, uh, when he was on with uh, with Hanson, Scotty threw out an interesting uh, kind of scenario. You know, as we found out about the draft that's uh, being pushed back to October, um, but will the the teams do workouts? And and if you were a college player who's trying to make the pros in the draft, and the Jazz say, "Hey, if you can make it out here, come out for a workout," would you do it? I think. Uh, well, it depends. Uh, it varies from case to case, but. Yeah, I think if I were a young person who uh, was felt completely healthy and uh, could take every precaution, I would find a way to get there. Hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I would. All right. Well, big thanks to Josh Parcell for jumping on with us. We really appreciate it. Coming up next, we have Sounds of Various Clips, also known as Drop of the Day. So make sure and stay tuned for that. It is The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. If you missed yesterday's uh, sounds uh, uh, of various uh, clips, then you won't know exactly what we're talking about right now. But that is definitely appointment radio, isn't it? (laughs) 
Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for Sounds of Various Clips, brought to you by Action Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical. Spring into action and mention this ad and receive $33 off any service. Call today, 801-833-3333. That's 801-833-3333 at Action Plumbing. Gordon, you ready for the drop of the day, also known as Sounds of Various Clips? Yes, I am ready. All right, today's is short, and we can get back to our NBA conversation, but this I just thought this was absolutely incredible. Our, do you have uh, friends, you know uh, folks from Australia? Uh, I know a few people. I, uh, I seem to run into a lot of Australian skiing, sitting on chairlifts, but <laughs> we also uh, befriended a, a few people from Australia, actually, on our honeymoon, but uh, a couple that uh, we've really kept in close touch with. But so, so the, very nice and very, uh, very polite, uh, the ones that uh, I've met. And this is their prime minister, Gordon. The prime minister of Australia is hosting a press conference outside of some homes in a neighborhood, mm-hmm. and one of the homeowners comes out to yell at the the prime minister and the the media to get off of his lawn. And this is how that sounded. 10,000 Australians. Everyone get off the grass, please. Sure. Let's just move back for a minute. Hey, guys, I've just reseated that. Yeah, please, off the thing. Sorry, man. It's all good. Thanks. So it's the projects that count. Unbelievable. Hey, you. <laughs> Unbelievable. Get off my lawn. And the prime minister, the leader of the country, is like, hey, guys, move on back. Let's get off this guy's lawn. Yeah, I've just, like, just reseated that. <laughs> I love that reaction from the PM. Isn't is that, that amazing? That, that, that shows remarkable hum- humility, I think. The prime is minister that, apologized to the guy. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry about that. We didn't know. This was a... This guy is the leader of your country. And he, hey, get off air. And he goes, oh, okay, sorry. You guys have just reseated that. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, <laughs> come on. It took a lot of work. The man's face is really, you're standing on my lawn right now. That's I happening. just did this. <laughs> I don't care who you are. Go bro. to the Johnsons next door. <laughs> They've got a fine lawn. Mine's just been receded. But isn't the prime minister's reaction just incredible? Just like, hey, guys, move it on back. You can see it in the video, him like waving at the media like, okay, guys, come on. Let's move it over here. Let's get off this guy's lawn. He's he's got a point. He just receded. Come on. Was, Was the prime minister on the lawn as well? Uh, I I don't think so. I think it was just the the media, the throng of Uh, media. Yeah, right. That's because you know he's the leader of the country. Yeah, it's the media's fault. Just receded that. (laughs) <laughs> just receded that. Come on, guys. It was a lot of hard work. I just like how polite everybody was. Yeah, sure. You bet. Come on. Come on. It's all right. Sorry about Sorry, that. Sorry. Get, get off of my back. <laughs> We've uh, receded our lawns before. That's a pain. We understand completely. Get off my lawn. I said get off my lawn now. <laughs> oh, man. That's classic. Oh, how amazing is well, that? Well, I know because, hey, guys, you know. I just I mean, receded that. I've done a lot of yard work through the years, and okay. it's just it's just unbelievable how difficult, how painstaking all those pro- processes are. And so, yeah, you, you gotta you gotta respect it. I just think that's amazing. The prime minister of the country. First of all, for the guy to have the the stones to tell the yeah. prime minister where he can and can't have a press conference, but for the prime minister to be like, oh yeah, all right, well, well <laughs> he's got a point. Well, we'll get off. I'm the trying lawn. to think of how it would go if our president were told to get off a lawn.
Not well, I'm guessing. Not yeah. not terrifically well. You know what I did over the weekend? Yard work. I don't No, you, you didn't. I, I did. My wife brought in like 20 or 30 bags of soil, and I had to work on Saturday, you know, so I hurried up and finished my work, and I went out there, and I was doing yard work. I thought you had to crawl them done on Friday. Oh, did I? Did you tell Lisa you were working and you were really taking a nap or something? <laughs> I wasn't taking a nap. Just in there occasionally. <laughs> working hard. Very busy. Very busy in there working. Lots of interviews and stats and, and stuff. Yeah. Lisa, I'll be right there. I'll be Hey guys, I've just reseeded that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll let you know that I, on that occasion, I did, I did haul my butt out there, and I was spreading that that stuff around all over the place. Okay, once but, it was placed, that's where what I'm saying. The, the, the key word here is you spread it. So you let her carry. How many did you say? Twenty nine bags of, of mulch into the game. backyard and then all of a sudden when that last bag hits the ground and Lisa's back is <laughs> and they're 30 pounds each yeah, by the way. It's yeah. just uh, she could barely move a muscle all of a sudden much to her delight Gordon is out oh I'm done now dear let's get to spreading with his number were, one think, husband cape I think there were 75 pounders so. oh my word yeah my wife's stronger than I am though because she you know she she could handle that but I actually hold a few of them myself, but not as many oh. as she did. Oh, I don't know about that. You said spreading. You didn't say well, anything did about hauling. And we all know you well enough to, to know that if you had hauled one bag, <laughs> you would have taken credit for the whole project. I love the way you guys called me out on that. Didn't you get your work done on Friday? Thanks for that. I, I knew right out the gate it couldn't have been true. I do I feel... Did. I was out there. I was out there sweating. I was out there a good... After the heavy stuff was done. And we did oh, we did throw no. you under the bus. I, I will agree. We blew your cover there. Maybe that was a, that was Whoops. some bad friending. But at the same time, you were whole up in your office doing something that wasn't lifting those bags. Well, I, I, actually, I had, I had done the writing the day before, but I was just smoothing through some things. So, uh, so I did have to attend to that. But uh, then, when I got out there, I, 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 I did my part. Smoothing. Actually, it felt good. <laughs> Gordon, felt how many, good. how many thousands of columns have you written? How much smoothing really needed to be done? <laughs> All right, okay, Maybe if it was your first column. The editor knows by now. Any smoothing. He's well, going to get a phone I, I, call. Well, okay, then I was smoothing the, uh, the the soil pep or whatever, you know. What I mean? <laughs> but uh, I was smoothing something. You know what else is incredible about this video in Australia? The guy oh. goes back in his house. He does. This is the leader of the country the prime on your yard, and you could not be bothered more. <laughs> you yell at him. I've got a rerun of Matlock on in here. Would you get off my lawn? I just reseeded and let me have some peace and quiet. Is that the way the folks in Australia are? Uh, very polite like that, the ones that I've met. Yeah, and just sort of uh, not uh, enamored with celebrity or whatever. Oh, I don't know about being enamored with celebrity, but I don't not know. Not enamored. Didn't Dante Exum have a poster of Joe Ingalls on his wall as a kid? Oh, well, maybe, I guess. Yeah. But what? Which which person at this station would be more inclined to remove who whoever their their political beliefs are but the leader of your country which person at this station would be more inclined to go out on the porch and say hey fella would you move a little feet three feet oh, that this way this is so easy this is so easy there's only one person yep. there's only one and it's scott gerard yes
because nobody loves their lawn like right. our guy Scott Gerard. Yeah, nobody I just receded that. Yeah, that's Scotty for sure. <laughs> Queen Elizabeth, yeah. come on. Yeah, but but then Scotty would he would give all the details about the the particular kind of turf builder he put in there, you know, and what chemicals he used and all that oh, stuff. Oh yeah, so. that's our boy Scotty. I don't care who yeah. you are, you're getting off my lawn in about five seconds. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> that's great. Uh, you know, I think it would be really fun to. To go down and visit Australia when Joe was down there, you know. I smell a column idea and a trip no, on the Tribs dime no. coming up. <laughs> no, not that Joe would enjoy it, but I think it would be kind of cool to hang out with Joe in Australia. Except for he doesn't live in Adelaide anymore. Didn't he move to Melbourne, I think. Melbourne, yeah. Hmm. All right. I'd love to go to Melbourne myself. Yeah, I'll tell you what would be fun. It'd be fun to go to, to Melbourne and uh, go to the uh, Australian Open with Joe. Yeah, Joe, sign me up Joe, for that. He would have to be retired by then because otherwise he'd be preoccupied playing for the Jazz at that time, January. Isn't that when it usually yeah. is, January? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. I've never been to Australia, but that's on the bucket list. I'd like to do that. I agree. You're here. Uh, all right, coming up next. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's so void having to go to Sydney for the Olympics down there, because who would want to do that? Did Cragthorpe drive to that one? <laughs> yeah, he drove his motorboat. <laughs> Gordon just makes his picks and tells me what's left over. I could see Cragthorpe taking a ferry from San Diego to <laughs> to Sydney. An I outrigger. Some, I, I talked to some guys. Actually, had the good fortune of going out on their sailboat with them. They had a, uh, a catamaran, a big, a big, big cat, uh, on, on in Hawaii, and uh, we went out on a, a sail uh, with them. And uh, they said they sailed to Hawaii from San Diego. If if somebody said to you, hey, Austin or Jake, you have an opportunity to sail on a, a big catamaran from San Diego to Hawaii or from Hawaii to Australia, is that something that you would think would be fun? Heck no. yeah, sign me up. Nope. Really? No? I should know. We've been down Austin, this line. We have. Yeah, Austin does want to And I was right. <laughs> no, not cruise ship. Like, uh, okay, here we go. I'm going to. Ready? One and up, Gordon, right now. <laughs> All right. One up right here. I have a, a dear friend, and I guess his brother is also my friend, but uh, but my friend Adam's brother. He is, this was this is his career. He's, he's probably about 32 now, 31, 32, but he is now a captain. He's worked his way up to be a yacht captain. Hmm. So he sails a yacht basically around the world at the behest of whatever zillionaire has happened to... Uh, want to uh, procure his services. Sounds like a pretty cool, pretty sweet gig. Because they want it in that spot of the world now, so he has to sell it there for them? Right. Mm-hmm. Or, do, you know, if different people use it, or uh-huh. where wherever they happen to want a vacation, or... Do you call him Captain? He's a Captain, yeah. Do you call him Captain? Do I call yes. him Captain? Uh, no, I did not then, last time I saw him. Then it's not worth yeah. it, yeah. Man, that's that sounds like a really interesting job. And not, that's a good story. I don't think I can top that. Because if someone is trusting you with their $150 million yacht, that's pretty cool. Are they motorized or are they sailboats? He's a sail uh, sailor. Okay. <laughs> I guess well, that could apply sailor. to either. Yeah. But it's uh, I believe the yacht is a sailboat. 
That's kind of his specialty, I believe. I can't afford to have been caught, Has he ever been caught up in a squall or anything like that? I am sure in his career that's lasted a decade now, he's, he's encountered some bad weather. Has he ever traversed the heavy waters of the Chesapeake? <laughs> because I know a guy. <laughs> that's right. You saw me at the helm. Whenever I see my friend Adam, though, I do ask where his brother is at that point, just to live vicariously. And it's always like he's bouncing from the Virgin Islands to the Mediterranean to the South Pacific. So Jeez. what 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 do you got to be able to do in order to do that? I mean, does he have? Uh, I mean, what? Well, knowing how to sail is probably <laughs> number one, number numero uno. There, probably I, w- I would guess navigation is is probably a big deal in his trade. So does he use modern technology or does he sail under the stars? I am positive that a boat that is worth that much money has uh, navigational equipment. Wow, that is really so. They, they I just fly. spent $150 million on a boat, but when they asked me if I wanted to throw in the GPS, <laughs> I said, no. <laughs> I don't try to upsell me, sir. He's not out there with a sexton measuring the distances between the formations. Well, I don't, you know, you guys know where the North Star is, right? It's in the south. <laughs> so South by southeast. That's wow, right. that's, that's, uh, where did he go to school? Uh, I don't think he did. Well, actually, he went to school at the University of Minnesota, but I don't believe he majored in... in uh, sailing? Sailing. In, so what did he do? Just Was he an apprentice or yeah, something? Uh, yeah, you work your way up. You start in the crew, and you slowly gain experience and responsibility, just ca- probably Captain, like any other career. <laughs> Captain Ron? <laughs> Which is just an amazing movie. <laughs> oh, now I've got to watch Captain Ron. Now I've got an itch to watch uh, Captain Ron. <laughs> You said okay. you said gorillas, not gorillas. That's one of the funniest <laughs> scenes in cinema. Careful, boss. There's gorillas in that jungle. Please, gorillas are native to Equatorial Africa. I think I'll be fine. <laughs> Martin Sheen, not Martin Sheen. Well, Martin, what's his name? <laughs> uh, now I have Martin Sheen on the brain. Short. Martin Short. There you go. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> you said gorillas, not gorillas. <laughs> <laughs> All right, stay tuned. More Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I want to remind you, we will be live at the warehouse coming up tomorrow, 86 East University Parkway. Come see us. Prices so low, it will blow your mind. We're going to talk to our friend Roger from the cabins at Bear River coming up here momentarily. But, Gordon, today's a big day. The NBA owners, the Board of Governors, approved a plan nearly unanimously, uh, 29 to 1, uh, to return and a plan and how it's actually going to work. And it's pretty much what we've been talking about for the past few days. But Adam Silver did what we we said he was going to do. He came up with a plan. He whipped the votes he needed to uh, to whip to get this thing passed and uh, did so nearly unanimously. 
I can't think of too many topics or issues of any kind where you can get 29 out of 30. You know? Pretty impressive. Uh, that is remarkable. And it doesn't mean that all the owners agreed with every aspect of it. It's just, uh, it's just a matter of the owners essentially saying, okay, this is good enough. Portland, uh, according to reports, wanted more tweaks. You would think that the, the, a negative vote would be something about maybe concern over safety or that sort of thing. And I, I think it does say something about the confidence uh, that uh, they have in the safety of this plan that their objection was not about that. Yeah. Yeah, so Portland said, no, we don't, we don't like this the way it is. We'd prefer something better. But uh, uh, they needed three-fourths of the votes, and uh, they obviously exceeded that. Now it's up to the players to ratify or approve the agreement tomorrow, tomorrow evening. I think they're going to have their vote, and I would be shocked if there's any kind of blockage from this point on. I would bet by that vote or after that vote we're going to be full go. For NBA return, which is uh, which is good news. All right, Gordon, let's get out of the zone phone. We've been uh, chatting with him all show long. He's our friend from the cabins at Bear River. Check him out online, bearriverlodge.com. He's our friend Roger. And Roger, uh, I want to start uh, right here, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, but this I think is very appealing for uh, for a lot of people, including our listeners. That you know, you can have a family cabin, you can have that cabin mountain experience. This you know, the side by sides and the fishing and the, the the beautiful lodging you can have a piece of that and a great place to take your family and make memories but you can do it affordably and without the headaches of that come with cabin ownership jake you know you just summarized everything i tell people it's a fraction of the cost with none of the headaches none of the hassles but all of the features and all of the benefits of cabin ownership and truly, we're not selling cabins. We're selling the cabins are just a tool to bring families together where they can create those memories and make traditions year after year after year. You know, the little kids don't realize, hey, when we leave Grandpa's cabin, someone else is going to stay here. They think it is their cabin. They're, that's where they have their memories and their traditions and their experiences. And it's just a great opportunity to do that at a fraction of the cost of whole ownership. The cool thing about that, Roger, it sounds like to me, and I have yet to get up there. i got to get up there. I've seen pictures of it. It looks absolutely gorgeous. But it's good for if a couple wants to get away. It's good for a large family. It's good for uh, families to go up there and gather and have a great time. Yeah, you know, you can buy a deeded ownership in a specific cabin. We own one bedroom, two bedroom, and five bedrooms. You buy a specific deed in a specific cabin, but if you have circumstances where you want to trade your time in your two-bedroom for if it's just you and your wife, come stay in a one-bedroom and use less of your time. If you want to stay in a five-bedroom, then combine your stays and go stay in a five-bedroom and bring the in-laws and the kids and the cousins and uncles and aunts. You can do that. So it is truly ownership in cabin-specific, but it gives you a lot of flexibility, and I'd like to sit down and explain it to people. And that's why we're offering the $99 gift certificate from our website. Buy a $99 gift certificate. Come up and stay. We'll give you an ATV or a side-by-side for the evening. The next morning, I'll sit down and answer your questions, and you can determine if this is right for you. 
It's close. Uh, it's it's amazing. It feels like a different world up there. But yet, it's it's you just go up to Evanston essentially and turn right and go for thirty more miles. It's it's very close. It's beautiful. It's it's got a breathtaking view right there overlooking the the Bear River. And uh, you know, you you provide a lot of the fun with the side by sides and the fishing and those sorts of things where you can rent them and you don't have to worry about the maintenance and all those headaches. I mean, you know, it, uh, I sound like a broken record, but it really is amazing because you don't have the, the, the headache, but you have all the fun. That's what we're trying to convince people is, look, come up and stay. And once you stay and go on a ride and see how easy it is, I mean, it's, it sells itself. It's something people want to do. They just didn't realize how affordable it is and how easy it is. And just come up and start making memories. If your children are young, now's the time. Let them start having these experiences and grow up with your family cabin. Roger, you got Jake for life because uh, little Sadie, his daughter, that's the first fish she ever caught up there. So. Oh, yeah. You've got us, buddy. You know, nothing is more fun than watching a job catch a fish. I go down and watch my grandchildren catch fish, and it, you can't help but smile. It's just so much fun. Well, it was an amazing feeling for our family, that's for sure. BearRiverLodge.com. Again, grab one of those gift, certif- t- uh, excuse me, gift certificates and uh, go talk to Roger. Talk to the staff. Find out how great it could be for you and your family. BearRiverLodge.com. Roger, it's been great hearing your voice today, my friend, and hopefully we'll see you real soon. Yeah, come up to the mountains. We'll talk to you guys later. You bet, buddy. That's our friend Roger from uh, the cabins at Bear River. And again, that website, BearRiverLodge.com. And Gordon, I know we've piqued your interest a little bit. A little mountain getaway sounds pretty good about now. Yeah, it does. It sounds like it's a terrific setup for especially for families, but for darn near anybody. So you know my wife really well, Gordon, and you know she didn't grow up as in an outdoorsy family. Yeah. Uh, you know, camping was not that something that her family necessarily did for fun uh, when they went on vacation. So she had never been on a side by side before. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, she was I was driving around at first and she was pretty kind of apprehensive about it. And I was like, OK, get over here. You need to get behind <laughs> the wheel of this thing and, and, you know, find out what it's all about for yourself. Man, we couldn't have pried her out of that side by side. She had such a good time. It's it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. And close. I, I can't. This is why I love Utah. Something like that is so close. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah we got uh, we got all kinds of beautiful country around us. No doubt about it. All right, we'll have more big show coming up next. Stay tuned. Ninety-seven-five and twelve eighty. The zone. Wrapping up a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Boy, Gordon, uh, it's crazy that another Thursday is behind us. We've got a Friday show tomorrow. We're back out of the warehouse tomorrow. Yeah, and uh, today we uh, we sailed around the sports world, didn't we? We did. We we talked about sports and sailing. Those were both <laughs> topics on the on the show today. I would like to be a sailor. I think that would have been a uh, – I mean, I get it. A long time away from loved ones and whatnot, but if you were – if you were a single man uh, uh, or woman, I imagine that would be uh, kind of an adventurous uh, kind of career. I talked to a guy who was in the Navy for a long time. We, we got paired up playing golf with him, and it, it was fun chatting with him about his, his career because he made a career out of it. And by the time he you know, decided that he was done with the Navy, he had been all around the world and just decided that Guam was the place that he wanted to be. Guam? Guam, yeah. 
How, but rats how, the size of dogs on Guam, but don't they? I, doesn't that sound almost romantic? Like like you sail around the world, you get, get to experience all these different places and decide on one where you're going to live. Like, wow, I liked it here and just go. Wow, yeah. When you say he made a career of it, he, were, were we talking about uh, like large naval warships? Oh, yeah. He, he told, huh. told me all the different ships he was on. He was on a bunch of them. Uh, but uh, yeah, made a career out of it. Like uh, you know, not just one tour or uh, one enlistment. I mean, he well, was that's a career what, naval sailor. That's not what we were talking about originally. What sparked that was your your friend's brother, who is a yacht captain, and is for hire. Yeah, right? sails around the world. Pretty sweet mm-hmm. gig. Yeah, sounds good to me. Yeah, not bad. All right, Gordo. Well, uh, you enjoy your Marvel movie extravaganza tonight. Uh, what did you say was on tap? <laughs> I think it's Black Panther. I'm not 100 percent sure. You'll like it. It's good. It was a. Yeah. It, it was good. Well, you you said it earlier in the show. Most of those Marvel movies are really good. I don't know if any of them are going to win my favorite movie of all time award, right, but they're right, they're right. all pretty entertaining. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the movie zone coming up next. Stay tuned. Austin Horton and Johnny Lightfoot, and uh, hopefully we'll get back to going to those theaters really soon. What's uh, the discussion point? Uh, tonight we're talking about the most important movies you've seen. Oh, okay. So tune in. Johnny, Austin, Movie Zone next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.